Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. Happy New Year. I know that we're a couple weeks into the new year now, but uh, Happy New Year nonetheless, and Happy Winter, right? Uh, glad that you were able to dig out a little bit and join us. Maybe we have a few extras online with us today because of the weather. I don't know, but... Uh, uh, and if you feel it's a little cool in here today, sorry about that. Our our furnace is running about 50% capacity today because of the, the weather. Uh, thank you for the blowing snow. Um, yeah, that kind of burned out part of our uh, heating units. That'll be fixed this week. But um, yeah, it's better than it was. It was 50 degrees a couple hours ago, and now it's a little bit better. So, um, But we're here in the presence of the Lord, and it's warm enough. So... Welcome, everybody. My name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. So good to have you as we're uh, joining together in the worship of the Lord today. I have several announcements. I'm gonna just pour through these as quickly as I can. There's information in your bulletin announcements, uh, a little bit more than what I'm gonna share. So you can check that out and um, visit us online as well so you can uh, check out those things that you maybe lost the details in the announcements. Uh, this is the last chance for submitting photos for a photo contest, celebrating our 75th anniversary, and just wanna get some pictures uh, of the life of the church, uh, buildings, people, uh, out in the community and, and whatnot. So help us out there. We'd love to um, have those submissions. There's information there in the bulletin about that as well. CLS Open House, our Celebration Lutheran School Open House this week on Wednesday. Preschoolers in the morning and uh for all the other grades in the afternoon. There's a QR code for each of those that you can check out in the worship uh, bulletin uh, with announcements. So you can uh, join us if you, are, you or somebody else that you know would be interested in checking out Celebration Lutheran School. Um, we have a hymn fest coming up to celebrate our 75th as well. That's in a couple of weeks on January 28th. Uh, one exciting thing, this is we've, we had a hymn fest several years in the past, but took a little break because of COVID, we're back to it. And one exciting thing is that for our 75th anniversary, uh, we've commissioned um, a piece of music that will be premiered at that hymn fest on the 28th. So that's 1.30 in the afternoon. Check it out. And we'd love to have you with us. That's at our Faith Ministry Center. Uh, on your way out of worship today, you might visit Hagar. Hagar is here today and she is celebrating her fifth birthday this month. So um, yeah, be sure to wish Hagar, comfort dog, a happy birthday. Um, those who are in youth uh, from grades eight through 11, there's an informational meeting about the National Youth Gathering, which is happening next summer, not this coming, but the following. Um, so informational meeting about the National Youth Gathering coming up on Wednesday at our Faith Ministry Center at 6.30, and then next Sunday, the 21st, after our late service around noon and uh, find more information about the National Youth Gathering. Literally tens of thousands of students come from, the United from around the United States to that in New Orleans this time. So you can check that out. Um, wanna make sure that we, if you hear nothing else that happens in the announcements today, make sure that you hear that on February 18th, February 18th, we're gonna be celebrating as a whole church together in one service at 10 o'clock in the morning at Lawrence University Chapel downtown. That will not be here. So on February 18th, on the 17th, we will not have Saturday worship. 
on the 18th, we will not have Sunday worship here or at our, cell, or at our faith ministry center. Only one service at 10 o'clock in the morning on February 18th at Lawrence Chapel, celebrating our 75th anniversary so we can all come together. Um, some of you asked about parking and shuttle service. We will have a shuttle that's running between the Paper Valley Hotel and uh, Lawrence Chapel so that you can uh, park there and we'll have a lunch after at the Paper Valley. So you can need to RSVP for that. That's online. You can check that out. Um, uh, RSVP for the lunch. You don't have to RSVP for worship, just for the lunch. Okay. And um, finally, after worship today, one of the things that we're doing with our 75th anniversary campaign is uh, raising two and a half million dollars. We're talking about that a little bit and answering questions and just kind of getting a sense of where everybody's at. Uh, not asking for money right now, but um, we're gonna have a cottage meeting after worship today. So that'll be over in our triangle. It's right really on the other side of that door right there. And if you wanna join us for that, there'll be some refreshments and uh, stick around. Love to hear from you. And um, yeah, anyway, that's all the announcements I have. Thanks for bearing with me for a bit on that. Um, before we start with worship and music, I'm gonna invite you to stand, turn to those who are around you and greet one another in the Lord as we start worship today. Well, if you aren't already standing, stand to your feet and let's worship.
Praising the Lord and sing the song, King of Kings.
its breath till its stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and death rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel shall not faint by his blood and Lord, we confess, Lord, I need you. I fail without you. I come to you. I confess to you. I am broken without you. I have sinned against you. Hear my confession, Lord, and cleanse me of my sin. I cannot cleanse my sin on my own. Forgive me, Lord. You're right, you cannot cleanse your sin on your own. We, none of us can. There's not a person who is good enough. There's not a person who is strong enough, rich enough, anything enough to find cleansing and newness and salvation on their own. So God gave us his son, Jesus. He gave his son, Jesus, to die and to rise again and to bring forgiveness and newness and life, salvation for all who confess, who repent. It's my privilege as one of your pastors to announce God's grace to you, to assure you that you are forgiven in Jesus. Amen. Maybe seated as we sing.
Love it. All right. Well, I'm going to invite the kids who are here today to come forward for a children's message. Come on up, guys. Yeah, come on up. Don't be shy. It's just me. Come on. Have a seat right here. Great. So, um, how many of you have grandparents? Yeah, I, I, we all have grandparents. I mean, even your grandparents have grandparents. They might not be still here on earth and alive with us, but uh, any of you still get to vis visit with your grandparents, have time with your grandparents, love your grandparents, they gave you Christmas presents, yeah. Um, my, I, have, I wanna tell you about my, um, my grandmother. My grandmother was probably about four and a half feet tall. Was, was pretty short. I mean, she's probably as, about as tall as you, Logan. Yeah, no, no, um, you're gonna get taller, but my grandmother did not. <laughs> she, was, she was a short little lady. Uh, she was small, but in faith, she was powerful. She was big time. And for me, you know, I, I think about the fact that I am a, I'm a pastor in the church, I think probably mostly because of my grandma because she was a model for me of faith. She showed me her own faith in Jesus. She lived it out. She prayed all the time, worshiped all the time, served people all the time, loved, forgave. She was kind, compassionate, loving. She just, she just showed her faith in Jesus and she was a great model for me. But the other thing was that I know she prayed specifically for me, that I would have faith in Jesus. Because you know what happens sometimes? You maybe grow up in church and then you get a little older and you walk away from faith. People do this all the time. They just walk away from their faith in Jesus. And I think when I was in college, I started to do that. I started to walk away from my faith. But I know my grandmother was praying for me at that time. Always. I just, I just know. I never heard her actually praying, but she would tell me that she was praying for me and I know she was doing it. She was praying that I would have faith in Jesus. And um, I'm pretty sure that I would be in a very different place if it weren't for her. We all have grandparents and parents. Maybe it's not our parents and grandparents. Maybe it's somebody else who told us about faith, about Jesus, uh, helped us to, uh, to grow in our faith. Um. We're gonna to talk today about how every single person, the only reason that we have faith in Jesus is because someone else in our life told us about Jesus, taught us. We have pastors, we have teachers, we have parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and others who, if, if it weren't for them, where would we be? We wouldn't even know, right? We wouldn't know about Jesus. We're gonna... We're gonna especially focus on this one verse. You could probably memorize it. It's Psalm 145, verse four. Say Psalm 145, verse four. You say that. Psalm 145, verse four. Right. And it says, one generation will declare your works to another. 
Just say one generation. One generation will declare. One generation will declare. You say it after me. One generation will declare. One generation will declare your works. One generation will declare your works. You say it. Yeah, say it with me. One generation what? Will declare your works. One generation will declare your works to another. One generation will declare your works to another. That's what Psalm 145 says, verse 4 says. Now, that's what generations before us have done. It's what our great, 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 great grandparents probably did, and, and our great grandparents and our grandparents and our parents passing on the knowledge of Jesus one generation to another. So we're going to talk about this in our series right now. We're starting Faith for Generations. Faith. Faith in Jesus Christ for generations. It's now my job to teach my kids. They're going to teach their kids. And they're going to teach their kids. It gets passed on and on and on. The great work that God has done for all of us. Isn't that great? So, I want you to especially thank God for grandparents who have faith in Jesus, who have taught your parents and you, and uh, we'll, we'll do that now. Would you hold your hands with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our grandparents and others who have faith in Jesus and pass that on to us. Pass it to our parents and, the, and our parents to us. And we pray that we would be thankful because without them, we wouldn't know you. So help us to be especially thankful, Lord Jesus, to you. For all those people in our lives who appointed us to our salvation in Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, thanks for coming up today. So appreciate it. You can go back to your seats. And we're going to turn to the Word of God today. Uh, first in Psalm 145, we'll hear the, that verse that we were just talking about. Psalm 145, verse 4. We're going to say this responsibly, so there will be some spots where you will actually join in in sharing that verse with me, uh, as indicated on your screen. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. 
The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. And now for the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand as we hear from our Lord and his word. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of our Lord. And now we join together in speaking the words of our faith as it's summarized in the creed. This is the Apostles' Creed today. Together, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, ascended into hell. The third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. So, you know, it seems like we don't build many things to last anymore. Anybody notice this? My wife and I were furniture shopping a few years ago, and the salesman even admitted, yeah, they just don't make furniture the way they used to. When I was growing up, this is really disappointing because my, my grandfather, when I was growing up, owned a furniture store. 
where they still did reupholstering. For those who are, you know, the younger generation who have no idea what that even means, that means they take the old fabric off and they put new fabric on the same couch. My grandfather still reupholstered. In fact, sometimes he would reupholster a third and fourth time, the same couch or the same chair. Nowadays, forget it. You you use it five to 10 years and then you throw it out. Toss in the trash. It's not worth saving. I'll tell you what, that was not the case with the ancient Romans. They built things to last. You know, Roman concrete is still the marvel of modern builders. We can't duplicate it. I've had a chance to travel to Israel several times which was under Roman rule for many, many years, including at the time of Jesus, the Romans were known for roads and aqueducts. Now, this aqueduct on the screen was constructed two or three decades before Christ and is still standing today over 2,000 years later. Unbelievable. Same holds true for the ancient Egyptians. Who doesn't know about the pyramids? They have been standing for nearly 5,000 years. The Egyptians expected that those pyramids would be enduring monuments to their kings, to their quote-unquote gods. (laughs) And they are enduring. But wouldn't you agree that we have something much more worthy of remembering than the Egyptians and their pharaohs? Wouldn't you agree that we have something more, someone more deserving of lasting honor? Psalm 145, 13. Your kingdom, O Lord, is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. Psalm 145, verse three. David proclaims, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise is greatness no one can fathom. Pharaohs died, emperors perished, but the Lord lives on forever. His dominion endures through all generations. But the Lord does not ask us for monuments. We can build beautiful churches to the glory of God that are gonna draw attention to the majesty of our King. This is what Christians used to do in Europe for many, many years. They built enormous, elaborate cathedrals all over Europe as physical reminders of the majesty of the Lord. At least in their lifetimes, The cathedrals were the largest, most prominent structures anybody had ever seen. And it literally took generations to build them. Just as an example, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. They began work on Notre Dame in 1163. It took them 182 years years to complete that cathedral. There were craftsmen who started that cathedral 
whose great, 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 great grandchildren did not see the completion of that cathedral. The idea of such uh, an undertaking was to build something so breathtaking, so impressive, so awe-inspiring that you could not help but consider the majesty of God. As you walk in, your eyes would just be lifted up because this was the most imposing structure that anyone alive would have ever seen at that time anyway. Now there's structures way bigger, more elaborate, but those cathedrals in their day were just immense. And your eyes would be drawn up to the majesty of God toward heaven and the vastness of the biggest space under roof that anybody had ever seen. Now, as impressive as those buildings are, there's something much more important, much more significant than any building or monument. And that is the testimony of people. The testimony of God's people telling of the works of the Lord. The honor, the renown, the praise of God is not built on buildings and monuments. Built on people, built on a testimony of people. So Psalm 145, we heard this just a bit ago. One generation will declare your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of your glorious splendor and your majesty and meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works and proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So three weeks ago, we just celebrated Christmas. The coming of the Son of God into human flesh, being born as a Savior of the world. But how do you know that? How do you know that happened? I mean, were you there? Did you get to hold baby Jesus? Did you get to see the sky lit up with the glory of God as the angels proclaimed glory to God in the highest? In just over two months, we're gonna celebrate Easter, the other of our big holidays, right? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We will proclaim as we do every year, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. But how do you know? How do you know that he is risen indeed? Did you see him? Did you see his body? Shake his resurrected hand? Put your hand into his wounded side? On what basis do you declare him raised from the dead? I'll tell you on what basis. On the basis of the eyewitness testimony on the basis of the testimony of the scriptures, on the basis of the church, all the way declaring the works of God down through the ages for 2,000 years, you believe by faith because someone else has told the story, has proclaimed the works of God. They saw it and they passed it on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. One generation has committed to another, to another, to another the works of the Lord, his mighty acts, his awesome works. Now, when, when King David 
proclaim those words. One generation will declare your works to another. That was around 1,000 B.C., 1,000 years before Christ. And when he talked about the Lord's mighty acts, most likely he was thinking about the work of God at the Exodus, the Exodus from Egypt. Remember Moses, let my people go, Red Sea, right, the Exodus, 500 years before David. He never saw that with his own eyes. Yet he knew about it. He proclaimed the the wonders of God because that word had been passed on generation to generation to generation. I've told my kids a lot of stories. A lot of stories of what I've done in my life, what happened when I was a kid, other things that happened as I was an adult before they came along. I've told my kids a lot of, a lot of things, and I'm pretty certain that there is not a single one of those stories that's gonna last past their ears. They're gonna forget it. They're gonna tell their own stories to their, to their kids, and they're not gonna tell mine. Because all my stories are gonna be quickly forgotten. Yours too. But not the stories of the Lord. The stories of the Lord are lasting stories and well worth praising God because of all that he has done. One generation will commend those stories to another. We know them because, again, our our grandparents' grandparents passed it on, and our grandparents passed it on to our parents and to us, and we pass it down to our kids and and so on. You've probably picked up on the fact that we are, um, as, as a church family, in the middle of a campaign. Our campaign is called Faith for Generations. The theme verse of Faith for Generations is exactly what we've been talking about and what I talked about with the kids. Psalm 145, verse four. You memorized it, right? Right along with them? You say it. One One generation will declare your works to another. I almost fumbled it, right? Say it again, one generation will declare your works to another. Now, part of our campaign, it's no secret, is an effort to raise collectively as a church family two and a half million dollars in money over the next three years so we can take care of some needed projects of fixing up parking lots and roofs and classrooms and uh furnace systems and fire alarms and things like that. We have some projects that need to be taken care of and we're raising some money for that. We wanna take care of the facilities that others built before us and handed down to us so that we can continue to meet together, worship together, teach our kids and our grandkids and so on. But even more important than the money and more important than this building and our other site, we want this moment in our church history to be one of rallying together in commitment, passing on the faith to generations yet unborn. We want to be committed as a congregation to make sure that the faith that we have in Jesus Christ is passed down to generations that have not even been born yet. 75 years from now, when our church is celebrating the 150th anniversary, none of us are gonna be around. Maybe there are a few that are 
younger ones here that will be around. All the rest of us will be with Jesus, praise God, unless he comes back again. Before then, we want, at the 150th anniversary of our church, for our great-grandchildren and beyond to be able to say, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they passed on this faith. We want this to be a moment that we rally together as a church family and say, we will proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we were dead in our sins. That the Son of God came down from heaven to take our place under the punishment, the rightful punishment of God. That he died on a cross to pay the price for our sin. That he rose again from the grave. That he, now he has ascended to, to God's right hand and he intercedes for us in all of our needs. And he's coming again at the last day to restore all things the way that they were intended to be in the very beginning without death, without suffering, without tears, without mourning, without hardship, without suffering. This is what we proclaim. This is our truth that has been passed to us and we are going to pass down to generations to come. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says this, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. There's nothing more critical than talking about the death of, death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Christ to pay the price for our sins and to defeat death forever. That is what we're about as a church, to know that truth of God and to pass it on. Yes, we'll raise money to take care of our, our buildings, our facilities, so that we have a safe place to gather, to worship, to learn, to serve together. But even more, we're gonna add our voice to David's voice and everybody else who's come since who has proclaimed this word from Psalm 145, we will tell the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that people may know, all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. So one generation will declare your works to another, right? Say that again with me. One generation will declare your works to another. Amen? Amen. Let's gather our offerings to the Lord as an act of our worship today as we uh, remember all that God has entrusted to us. It is his, and we give back a portion of that for the work of the kingdom here at Faith. Thank you for your giving. There are ways that you can give on the screen. If it's not just dropping um, some offerings in the basket, then you can give online, give through text and so forth. Um, thank you again. And let's praise the Lord. Suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one crow. Then from north to south and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. 
Let our praise arise to you 
that you would be magnified, not just in our own minds and hearts, but be magnified for those around us. Let our whole life be a song of praise to you. The altar of our lives may be magnified, Lord. Even in the midst of our sufferings, in the midst of our heartache, in the midst of the challenges and frustrations and, and all that we struggle with in this life, pray that our praise would resound, that all people might know the great works of our God. God, we pray for those, especially in our church family who are hurting and suffering today, pray for Sandy Weiland as she is recovering from surgery. Pray for Michael Imicus as he is dealing with some complications after surgery last year. Pray for Alice Yor who's experiencing some health complications. Pray that you would bring healing and restoration, bring strength and hope Lord, bring them peace in the midst of whatever they are dealing with each day and hour. God, we pray for those who are mourning. Pray for our brothers and sisters who are mourning the death of a loved one most recently. Pray for the family of John George who passed away this last week. We pray for Lynn Johnson and her family as they mourn the passing of her father and all others, Lord, that, that are hurting and grieving today. We pray that you would bring them comfort and peace, that they would know your presence as you walk with them in the valley of the shadow of death. We pray that you would give them hope and assurance of resurrection life yet to come for their loved ones and for us. When you will restore all things where there is no mourning or death or crying or pain. Lord, we lift these in our celebrations, all the reasons for joy, those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, those experiencing uh, new starts in this new year pray that you would help us to remember the giver of every good gift, and that is you. Thankful hearts at every opportunity to give praise to you and to commend your works from one generation to the next. We pray for our Faith for Generations campaign, that you would move all the hearts of your people here at Faith, locking arms and efforts together to proclaim your goodness and also to, to raise those funds that we need to do the work that you've given us to do here. Take care of the facilities that you've entrusted to us. Do that work of proclaiming the gospel to the community and to the world. We give you ourselves, we give you all that is ours. In the name of Jesus, and trust that you hear us in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thee. 
forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's sing one final praise song to the Lord.
Bible said? Amen. Go and serve the Lord. Two, three, four.